Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney and I'm sharing a thought with you for the day. I'm doing a part two on testimony empowers vision because I believe it's so important to share what God does in our lives so that it begins to give others hope who are going through stuff or who are about to make big decisions. In my last podcast, I shared with you a little bit about our journey um, receiving a promise to come back to Ireland 21 years ago with it now being fulfilled. What I'm starting to notice is when you step out in faith and you in obedience and you do what God instructs you to do, he opens every single door that you're supposed to come to. One of the big things I think for me is going ahead and doing something rather than waiting for God to drop it in your lap. Of course, he can drop it in your lap if he so wanted to. But normally I find that you have to pursue things. You have to knock on some doors. That is in scripture. If you seek, you'll find. If you ask, it will be given. If you knock, the door will be opened. There's something that's required from us to do and God does the rest. We might find ourselves in various times and seasons at the moment and maybe it's all new. I know the earth seems like it's gone mad and it probably has But all of us still have assignments to do. All of us still have scrolls that we have to fulfill in our lives. And sometimes it's a whole different chapter. So it's nothing like what you've ever been used to. I remember Grant and I getting married, having our children. And Grant always said to me, he said, Samantha, I honestly believe that we are going to travel. We're going to travel the world. Now, up until that time, when we first got married 27 years ago, I said to him, South Africa is my home. It's where I've grown up. I was born in Zimbabwe. I moved to South Africa when I was nine years old, and that was my home until I got married. And when Grant said, I believe that we're going to travel, that didn't grab me in the slightest because I was pretty much a homebody. That's what I enjoyed. But he said, God has got things for us to do. Then we started to get prophetic words from many people, not just one, not just two, many of them saying, you are called to go to the nations. So I had to lay down what I was comfortable and what I was familiar with and say to God, I want to please you. If travel is what you have for me, I lay down my life. I pick up my cross. I follow you wherever that is that you want to take me. My children were about one and three years old when we felt that we were to leave South Africa. I received a, um, and what I used to do is pay, if I can say it like this, because that's where I was at in my walk with the Lord, I would pay, play Bible roulette. I would say, Father, what is it that you want to say to me? And I would flip my Bible open. And more often than not, there would be a scripture, something that God was speaking to me about through his word. And I flipped open the Bible one day and it said, I want you to leave your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. And I thought, my gosh, it's already beginning. So we were like, okay, God, which land are you showing us? What do you want us to do? We went to Australia because that's where most of our family and Grant's family had moved to. And we thought that would be a great support system for us to move there. So we went to Australia and we went to go and have a look around. Grant, this is us asking, seeking, knocking. He went for a few interviews um, and we had a few things in the pipeline and we were determined that perhaps this is where God was showing us. This is where we had to go. Because Australia and New Zealand are on the other side of the world, Grant said to me, do you mind if I travel to England? 
I want to say goodbye to my best friend. That's where his best friend lived. And he said, I want to go and say goodbye to him because possibly I will never see him again. Being in Australia, the other side of the world, I don't think we'll travel again. Little did we know. And I just want to say goodbye. And I said, absolutely. So he flew over to England. He met up with his friend. He rang me from England and he said, babe, this is where we're supposed to be, not Australia. And immediately God dropped a confirmation within my spirit. Normally I want to see something. I want to be sure of it. I want to plan ahead like I did with Australia, going there to check it out, do our due diligence on the whole thing. But straight away, as soon as he said, this is where we're supposed to be, immediately I knew this is the land that God is showing us. So we went to go and see our pastor and said, we're, we're just wanting to come and let you know that we're planning to leave South Africa. We believe that we're to go to England. And our pastor, he's a very wise man, but he said, do you have jobs lined up there? We said, no, we don't. Do you have family that can support you there? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, well, you know, I think this is very irresponsible of you. He said to my husband, you are a bad father and a bad husband uprooting your family where they have some stability here and taking them to a land where you don't even have a job. And we said, we know what we know. The Lord said, pack your bags in the morning while everyone is watching and go, leave, go to the land I will show you. And so we had such a firm word in our spirit that we had to go, that even though we received that counter advice, that counter counsel, we still knew that we knew that we knew that God wanted us to go to England. And so we went to our parents. My parents were of the same thing. You're uprooting my grandchildren. You're uprooting my daughter. You don't have jobs. You don't have a support system. You know, I don't think that this is of God. I don't think that you guys are hearing correctly. We went to Grant's parents. We said, this is what we believe the Lord has shown us. And they said to us, then you need to go. You need to go and you need to be obedient to what he says. So we sold absolutely everything. Cars, every household item we had. We had just bought a house. We sold that. We didn't make a cent on it. In fact, we still owed some on the bond. But we sold everything. And we went within six months. Grant went over first. I moved in with my parents. And he could not find work. Anyway, the day came. The children and I went over. Uh, and we had nothing. We had we had four suitcases. We had a toy box for our children who were one and three years old at the time. And that was about it. We had 2,900 pounds after we sold absolutely everything. Once the currency had converted from South African Rand into pounds, 2,900 is all we had. We had to rent a house. There was a holiday house. We had no car, we had no jobs, we had nothing. But we went over on this word and we began to look for work. What we, be, what we found as we looked for this work is that childcare cost more than what I personally could bring home with my salary. So it wasn't even worth me looking for a job. I said to Grant, one of the first things we have to do when we arrive in England is we have to find a church. We have to find somewhere to fellowship, somewhere to get our sustenance and encouragement and engaging with the body of Christ. So we opened up the phone book and there was one church and Grant rang to speak to the pastor to ask, what time are your services? The pastor didn't answer. 
But there was a voice message that said, you can expect your miracle from God today. And I said to Grant, this is the place. This is where we have to go. And we went in, we fellowshiped at that church, the most amazing church you will ever come across. In Deal, in this tiny little town, we lived in a little windmill that was a holiday cottage. Um, and it, because we had moved there in winter time, it wasn't booked out. It's only booked for the summer. So we move into this little cottage, this little windmill, our two children. It doesn't have a washing machine, a dryer, nothing. So every week we're sitting in the laundromat for two to three hours with our young children waiting for our washing. But we were happy. We knew that this is where God had called us to. But as happens, money was beginning to run out because you have to pay rent. You have to, you have to live, right? And so money began to dwindle. We were thinking, how are we going to get around? We don't have a car. We spoke to one of our friends and, you know, they were saying, they contacted us and said, how are things going in England? And we said, they're a little bit tough. Number one, we don't have a job. Number two, we don't have a car. And the friend said, well, actually, let me make a phone call. He came back to us and said, I have a friend who lives in England. He is wanting to come back to South Africa. I've told him about you and he would like to give you his car. You don't have to pay for it. All he wants you to do is to pay it forward one day. And so we, we, we got a taxi. We went out. We got this car. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing provision by God. So we start visiting this church and we're talking to the pastors about, um, about the work situation and my frustration. I can get a job, but I need extra to pay for childcare. It's not even worth my while to work. And they said, oh, well, we'll look after your children. What had happened is their son had um, had a child and their family had moved away into another location. And these, these pastors were desperately missing their grandchildren. So ours became like surrogate, surrogate grandchildren, and they became the surrogate grandparents for our children. So we would drop them off in the morning. We both eventually found work. Grant worked at uh, Queen Elizabeth Hospital. And I worked at Pfizer, working in a um, in a travel a travel department that organizes all the travel arrangements for Pfizer. And I worked there, and we suddenly get a um, a notice from this holiday home that we are staying in. They said, "Guys, you have to evacuate because you have to leave because our cottage is booked out by travelers for the summer for the summertime." And I was thinking, "Oh dear God." What are we going to do now? It was, it just felt like pressure after pressure after pressure. We did say to God, though, our money was dwindling before we got these jobs. And we did say to God, God, I believe that you called us here. We only have X amount of money left because, you know, you have to pay for everything. You have to pay for your rent. You have to pay for your food. You have to pay for everything, of course. And we said to God, if you don't come through with a job for us, and we gave him a cutoff date. We said, we're going to have to go back to South Africa. We have just enough money to buy air tickets back to South Africa. And we will have to admit that we did not hear from you, that we made a mistake. And that our pastor, that our parents were right, that we didn't hear you. Just before that date, my gosh, it was about two or three days before that date, Grant got offered a job and not long after I did. So we had just started working and we get that notification. You have to leave your holiday home because it's booked out by holiday makers. 
And I was thinking, oh dear God. So we start to look around for houses. We found this one house. It had no heating. It had stairs without a stair rail. Um, the stairs, you could see through them. You, you know, you've got young kids. They can drop through the stairs. And we, there's, it's not furnished at all. And I said to Grant, this will be perfect. So as long as we've got each other, we can sleep on the floor. We don't care what it is. We've got each other. We can make this work. And we speak to the guy who is looking for tenants. And we told him our story, hoping that would soften his heart enough to let us rent this place. And he said, well, I'm going to convey your story to the actual owners of the house. He's going to make a decision. I've got lots of people coming in to look at the house. He'll make his decision and we'll get back to you. They got back to us as promised within a week and said, I'm sorry, guys, but there was someone who needed this house more than you and the owners have uh, given it to that tenant. I was absolutely gutted. I said, God, you know that we need this house. You know that we need a house. This was within our price range. Um, this was pretty similar to what we were paying at the holiday home. Why did you let us down? But we still knew that we knew that we knew that we were called to be there. So I said to God, you're going to have to make a way. I was sitting at work the one day. I'd only been working there for about two or three weeks. And I'm on the phone and I'm looking for houses. I'm having a chat with Grant. One of my colleagues overhears my conversation. And she says to me, Sam, did you know that Pfizer has a property department? They help secure houses for their staff at reasonable rates. I said, no, I didn't know that. She said, I don't know if they're going to be able to help you because I think you have to be working at Pfizer for a year before you're allowed to access that perk. So she said, let me make a phone call to that department. And she came back and she said, okay. They are willing to help you find this house. They're going to waive their fees. They're going to give you the best possible price. And we moved into this beautiful house. It obviously had no furniture. Now we had accumulated a little bit. And now we had a water jug <laughs> to add to our collection and a blanket and some pillows. And that's about it. In that church that we belong to, the pastor and all of the people in the congregation, now their average age was between 70 and 90 years old. We were pretty much the youngest ones attending the church. Between all of those people, they totally furnished our house. We didn't need a single thing. They put in a fridge, they put in linen, plates, cups, knives, forks, um, lounge suite, dining room suite. It was fully, fully furnished. We didn't have to buy a single thing. And as I began to look back at all the things that God had done, I have to say that when God calls you to do something, he honors your obedience to step out and do it. He expects you to knock on doors. He expects you to get into position so that his favor can rest on you. You might be at a place in your own life where he's asking you to do something, but the task seems too daunting. There's too many missing pieces. There's too many holes that you could fall into not enough resources not enough money I don't know what it could be for you but for us it was total abandonment of everything we knew family security jobs a house moving to a country where we knew nobody and him just seeing him provide every single thing that we needed when we needed we had no lack whatsoever and so I want to encourage you with that today 
step into the position. If you believe that God has called you to do something, he's opened a new chapter. Yes, it may not be familiar territory to you and you'll be tempted to go back to the thing that you always knew. But give him that chance to prove himself strong. He provides everything that you need, even things that you don't even know about. He sets it up and he organizes it. So be encouraged today that if God has brought you to it, he will bring you through it. I bless you today. Have an awesome week.